comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Hey, HHW listeners, this is Frank. Quick note about today's show. Um, it is devoted to Cabin in the Woods, but this first part are a few interviews that I got uh, while in line waiting to see the Avengers, and just a quick uh, reaction after seeing the movie. Now, don't worry, next week it's all Avengers all the time with Brad, Bill, and myself in studio. So, take care. Okay, hey, I was in line getting ready to, to get my tickets for Avengers, and there's a gentleman here. What's your name? Craig. Hey, Craig, how are you? Now, you are not excited about the movie? I'm hesitant. Give me, tell me why. Because most superhero movies are pretty... They're okay, but they're not good. Like, there are a few exceptions, ones that are really good. All right, give me the exceptions. Okay, um, the more recent Hulk movie was good, but it could have been better. Okay. Um, I was actually really surprised that Thor was a decent movie. Captain America was a really bad movie. Iron Man, of course, was great, and Iron Man 2 was even pretty decent, but, like, capturing all of that, again, in a, with a cast of this many people, I mean, even in the comics, they're fighting for, you know, page time, and the movie, they've got an hour and a half, two hours, and then we've got Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, they're all going to be fighting for screen time, and Samuel L. Jackson's there as Nick Fury, and then Hawkeye's had, what, 30 seconds of appearance in the movie so far? Black Widow's not really an interesting character, so... Now, I do have to point out, you are here opening day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, yes. I, secretly, are you a fan, maybe? Oh, I'm a huge fan of comics. It's the reason why I'm here. And I, I mean, the Avengers are, uh, they're interesting. They're good. They're like, well, they're like the Justice League in the Marvel Universe. It's exactly what they're supposed to be. Okay, I'm in line for the Avengers, and there's this young lady here. Hi, what's your name? Carly. Carly, how are you? Great, how are you? Now, who are, who are you here with? You got two other people here. My mom and my brother. Okay. How old are you, brother? 16. 16. How old are you? 14. 14. I'm not going to ask how old you are because it's mom. Okay, Carly, you're in line here to see the Avengers. Um, are you a big comic book fan? Yes, I am. Really? Okay. What comic books do you read? Um, mostly just about like the superheroes. I like all of them. Now, have you been watching all the Marvel movies, like the Hulk and Iron Man? Yeah, I've seen all of them so far. What are you excited about, about this movie? Just for all, like, the action and just, yeah. Okay. Mom, are you excited about the movie? I am, yes. Okay, great. And brother, how about you? Are you excited? Be good. Okay, are you a superhero fan? Yeah, I've seen the movies. Okay. How about comic books? Not really, no. Okay, how about the, you know, they're putting out a lot of comic books digitally? Are you, does that interest you at all? Well, I haven't, re- I haven't seen any of them, so no. Anything you're looking forward to in this movie? Uh, just to see all the superheroes together. Okay, awesome. Well, guys, thanks for your time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm in line with, what's your name? Ronnie. Ronnie and? Catalie. Well, guys, we're here in line to see the Avengers. I take it you're excited about it. Have you seen the other uh, Marvel movies? Yeah, most definitely. Which ones are your favorite? Uh, Iron Man, most definitely. Uh, always Iron Man. And how about you? Same as him. <laughs> Same as him. Now, brother and sister? Yes. How old are you guys? We'll start with you. Um, 12. 12. And? 15. 15. Okay. Do you read comic books? No, I'm not all the time. Uh, how about like digital comics? Do you read any of those? No, not really. And how about you, being a girl? Do you read comics? No. Well, do you guys have any friends that read comics? Um, no, not really. So, let me ask you, how did you know, did you know about Captain America and Iron Man before the movies ever came out? Yeah, I 
did. I read a couple of comics, but not continuously. And how about you? Uh, did you ever know about Iron Man or Captain America before the movies came out? No. So all this is new to you? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, guys, that's it. Thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate I hope you enjoy the movie. Hi, this is Frank from Half Hour Wasted. Uh, I just walked out of the theater. <laughs> Bill McGonnell is actually, Bill the Voice is actually watching it with his kids. He went to another theater. And Brad Milo, uh, he couldn't make it. When I asked it if he plans to see it this weekend, he said, Yes. And when I asked him if he was excited about the movie, he said, Absolutely. And I also asked him if, uh, if he had high hopes for the movie, and he said, Yes. And when I asked him if we were going to talk about it on the next half hour wasted, he said, absolutely. Now, with that being said, I actually have uh, the people I did see it with. I saw it with uh, little Nancy. Little Nancy, say hello. Hello. Dennis Pooh. Dennis, how are you? Hey, little Dennis. <laughs> little Dennis. And Amy the girl. Amy? Hi. Hi. So we just all walked out of the theater. And I'll start with you, Nancy. Nancy, what did you think of the movie? Oh, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, tell me, uh, what surprised you about the movie? That it was funny. I laughed a lot. Any key scenes that really made you laugh or you really enjoyed? Well, n- no. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Don't freeze. It out. Uh, Dennis, how about you? What did, how did you think of the movie? I think it picked up a lot uh, to make up maybe for a little bit of the, uh, the first part. But it picks up quite a bit uh, overall how would you rate the movie uh like on a um, let's do one to five we do reverse flashes so one to five reverse flashes four out of five four out of five one out of five how would you rate the movie Nancy? three three okay and now back amy the girl how are you hi i'm good <laughs> okay so what did you think of the movie i thought it was okay it wasn't stellar but i wasn't expecting much Okay, and uh, any scenes that really stood out? Um, the, well, the whole there's a whole section in the middle where all the character, the heroes are um, fighting and arguing, which I could have done without. Yeah. Fighting amongst themselves. Yeah, that was a little too long. I didn't think they needed to establish any of that. I didn't care. And uh, one out of five, what would you give it? Two. Two, okay. Uh, seeing it, I kind of agree. I thought the beginning of it, very slow. Um, in fact, at one point, I leaned over to you, Amy, and apologized for dragging you to the movie because I was talking her into it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of gray humor in it and stuff like that. That last part, though, with the battle and stuff like that, I thought really saved the movie, made it a lot of fun. But overall, mm, right off the bat, I got to give it a two and a half, three maybe out of five. I wasn't blown away. So, anyway, I wanted to keep this short. Guys, thanks for coming to the movie with me. I really appreciate it. Before we leave, would you guys say, Half Hour Wasted on three for me? Okay. One, two, three. Half Hour Wasted. Bye. Mordecai, baby, what's happening? How's the weather up top? The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Well, you're, you're doing a great job out there. By the numbers, man, you got to start it off just right. So, we'll talk to you later, okay? Their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come. Their ears are stopped. They are the gods' fools. Well, that's how it works. Cleanse them. Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? 
No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I am. I can hear the echo. Oh, my God. Uh, you're right. Hang on one second. I'll take you off. That's rude. I, I don't know who's in the room. Episode 268. Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car? You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Tonight's episode, The Cabin in the Woods Spoiler Episode. That's how Cabin in the Wood ends. Bill works for the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> I would like to apologize for the redundancy of that episode title. That's okay. That's what makes it funny. Like it, was, we, it was supposed to be ironic and meta, not redundant. Like we told so you that last a, week. That's a fail, we're man. We're going to spoil the Joss Whedon co-written movie, The Cabin in the Woods. So but Drew guarded. Drew Goddard. 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 Directed. If you yes. have not seen it, stop this episode and see it. But you've, right. had, you've had plenty of time to see it. Welcome to episode 268 of Half Hour Wasted. So, why don't we... We should um, just get into this. Let me, let me Hang on. Let me look at the calendar. Mm-hmm. Let's see. This episode will air the Monday after the Avengers opened. Huh? Oh, really? About that Avengers movie, huh? Yeah. Freaking awesome. I think it's going to be okay. Now, we we, ha- we, we discussed big, it. a big hit. We discussed this um, a bit, and you guys weren't down with the midnight, or is that still up for up for debate? Uh, What are we talking, like midnight Thursday? Uh, yeah. Thursday night midnight. Is it a Thursday night midnight thing? Yes. Friday morning, technically. Yeah. Um. I'm not. Uh, if you pay for my ticket, I'll go. Okay. I'm not. I'm a, not gonna. I'm not averse to the idea. Um, I don't know much going on Fridays these days, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Uh, it looks like there, there's still some time to. to I figured we'd wait till I got to the. Basically, <laughs> the guy with the job has to decide if he's going to buy the tickets. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what it is. Oh my wallet! It's basically what. Hey, it is. I've already As tried I'm picking that. Picking my teeth. Look, I've already my done Mercedes that trick. Key. Hey, he, okay. he pulled that. Uh, on me the other night. I did, which is just <laughs> there's When we went some to see irony. this movie, we met at Razoo's beforehand, uh-huh. yes. and I, I had already eaten dinner, and I'd had a beverage, and I was I got there early so I could just have some some uh, food, mm-hmm. and um, he walks in, he goes, um, yeah, um, I left my wallet at home. Mm-hmm. I could go back and get it. I probably got the time, but Brad's said, slightly re- misrepresenting that. Uh, not, what actually not happened a lot. is I walk in and uh, I see Brad, and I go up to Brad, and he goes, "How's it going?" I go, "It's not. It's okay. It would be going better if I had remembered my wallet." And uh, at that, that point, I said, "Did you do the hand pant, the the padding of the pants, and like not." <gasps> 
not like not like in front of Brad. Not like, no. look, I'm not kidding. I really don't have it. No, you did I did it in the parking lot. I did that in. as I'm walking up to the front door. I'm like opening the door with one hand, and I kind of pat my wallet with my other hand. And at that point, um, I get the cold sweats, and I realize that things gone horribly wrong. Now, like I told Brad, I did have time to run home and get it. It was like we were a half hour before the movie started, yeah. and it's you know ten, twelve minutes to get home. So yes, I could have run home and gotten it coming back. I I knew that was a poor idea though. So, but luckily, Bill made good on his. Yes. Ah, look at that! On his cold hard cash. Big, big fistful of cash right there. I got there. a grip. You know, yeah, dude, oh, called dude uh, Clint Eastwood. He's got a fistful of dollars over there. Um, we, I don't think we've mentioned it on the show mm-hmm. yet, but uh, a while back, I helped a friend start a restaurant. Yes. Oh, that's right. I, I don't think we've ever up. mentioned this yet. But the reason why I bring it up right now is is mm-hmm. kind of on the store is the story. Um, What's the name of it? You got to say the name. Is it Pollo Pollo? Is it Pollo Pollo <laughs> or El Pollo Pollo? It was going to be El Pollo Pollo, but after speaking to some uh, Mexicans, yes, uh, Pollo Pollo was decided on. It was a it was so, a better use. Of now, it's just why chicken, is chicken? Yeah. Why is the name of the store so damned redundant uh oh sorry it, about that it stands out beep the 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 chicken chicken the chicken chicken uh but the reason why i bring it up is why uh, is the name no i i'm not going to be able to have a oh, rational conversation until you tell me why the name of the place I is can tell chicken you exactly chicken. why because okay. chicken is good but chicken chicken is better boy oh boy or is he trying to insinuate that no, the chicken is, is it, actually is chicken, it yeah. like Mexican chicken or yeah. fried chicken? It's uh, it's grilled chicken. If you guys are familiar with uh, with these taquerias and stuff, these very small Mexican Indeed. restaurants, uh, a, a a great way to prepare a chicken is to flatten it out. Okay. It cooks evenly and it cooks faster. Yes, which is very efficient. Uh-huh. It looks weird <laughs> because you get a t- chicken that's flattened out, especially if you don't cut the head off first. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. But so that's how they prepare it. <laughs> okay, Making a so, horrible squawking noise back yeah. there. <laughs> Someone check on the chicken. What are you doing? I'm flattening the chicken. <laughs> it doesn't like it much. So do you like it? Is it good food? Uh, it is very good. Yeah. I have been there. Now, the reason why I bring it up is... Do you um, have like a frequent it's, buyer it's, card or it's something? Already with all, with, no. It's got the 10 punches are already punched. It's no. already that was closed. my next question, no, too. No, we don't have that. No. Okay. It's already closed? Uh, no. It's Health still violation? Open. It's still open. Okay. okay. But... Um, uh, the owner, who's an old college buddy, okay, um, you know he was uh, he was really gung ho about yes. it, and and he was like, hey, guess what? You know, I'm uh, you know I'm excited. To, well, I don't want to get into the details, but he was right. He was he's been avoiding my calls is uh, <laughs> since it opened. No, the uh, past couple weeks. So why? What know. happened? I, well, I don't know. Have you been to Chicken Chicken lately? Uh, I didn't go to Chicken Chicken last week, so no. So maybe I'll go to Chicken Chicken this week. I do not think it is out of business. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you go this weekend, let me know. Okay. Where, I, I, I would love to go. Yeah. Where is Chicken Chicken? Uh, Irving Bazaar in Irving, Texas. Irving Bazaar. I don't know. What What's so strange is. about uh, it? Little Mexico okay. in Irving, basically. So what? There's like a Little Mexico in every suburb <laughs> except for Plano? Um. And Plano doesn't have a little Mexico? Not that I know of. Hmm. Okay. They do. They just keep it quiet over there. <laughs> Probably. They're always siestaing. Yeah. Actually, not, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know of a, uh, I don't know of a part of Plano that's that's has an ethnic, you know, a primarily ethnic makeup to it. I think Let me Plano's say it that pretty way. much a melting pot. Yeah. Frank's no, thinking, I got look, it. His head's I know. There, yeah. There, mm-hmm. there, there is a Mexican pocket that I can think of. Is there? Off of Parker and Avenue K. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's um There's a fiesta. That's right. the key right that, there. That there's is, a, there's fiesta, a fiesta and right, right across there. the street is an auto zone. So those are the two things you need to make it a Mexican well, the, part the, of town. Yeah, the check cashing places. And lots of check cashing. Okay, right. So do you think this uh this chicken chicken has it already turned into a cesspool of drug trafficking or um, I didn't know we know, were getting what's, racist. What's yeah, this wow. episode. <laughs> Man. I haven't. That's weird because I haven't bought a comic in in months now. So <laughs> I just, I, yeah, it's a trip. Um, no, but, I'm sure he's doing fine. I'm, I know he's very busy. He's been very busy mm-hmm. uh, uh, gearing it up and stuff. And we were talking. And he Does was he have employees? He was. Yeah, he's got employees. Okay, he's got one, two, three employees. Is he accepting applications? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is accepting aplicaciones. Ah, los aplicaciones. Yes, yeah, sí, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. well, I don't know if this Trabajo. is a fact. I think this is this is strictly a cash based economy. Pollo, so. no cheque. Uh, okay, well, good. Cashola. Then, yeah, it's uh, IRS is going to wonder where I made all my. money money last year what is y'all's uh experience with horror movies what's your general take on them what's been your life experience with them i'll go first because i could be oh free. dang it um not my favorite genre um don't care for them that much i do not hate them just not my favorite genre um i like the ones that are a little um give you a little more to think about other than slasher films okay so like friday the 13th I like the first one. Uh, the other ones just left me kind of bored. Okay. Uh, horror movies kind of leave me bored if there's not more there. Okay. Quickly. Um, Try it quickly. I've never liked slasher movies. Um, I thought uh, Alien was tremendous. I thought Evil Dead 2 was tremendous. Um, uh, basically, if if it's if it's got some camp value to it, if it makes you think, if it, heaven forbid, goes in a direction you're not expecting it to, then I'm interested. If it's just... Um, no, I mean, I saw, like, I don't know, I saw Jason 10, Jason X, and I did at too. least I was on a spaceship, right? and it had like the cast of Andromeda on right. it, which I was always kind of uh, had a soft spot for, so I was able to watch that um, and get through it, but now slasher movies I find boring, um, but uh, yeah, give me, give me something, give me some bigger picture to think about. Uh, with Evil Dead 2, it was absolutely the camp factor, it was Sam Raimi's directing, it was his POV directing, um, you know, you know, it was just, it was fun. And, uh, I think a horror movie, uh, can be fun. Um, scream incredibly well done. It was original at the time. Um, I mean, I guess it still is, uh, even though it's uh, dated by now and they've had like 47, you know, remakes of it or, you know, I'm, we're still waiting for the scream reboot. Aren't we? How, how much longer can it be before we get a scream reboot? Um, but I think Scream was probably the most original um, and best horror movie, other than maybe Alien or Evil Dead 2. Um, yeah, those are certainly in my top three, my top five, something like that. Um, although one has uh, absolutely been added to the top five list, and uh, I saw that with Brad a couple nights ago. I, growing up, didn't like horror movies at all. My biggest fear in life was being chased by a scary guy with an axe okay. um i did not appreciate horror movies until scream okay because scream turned kind of turned turned it on its head and, yeah. and made it different um well jamie kennedy giving you the rules of surviving yeah. a horror movie you know. since then oh and i still to this day can't watch halloween with the sound on i have to turn it off okay i have to mute the sound yeah i've in order never to watch seen it, it. well yeah. it's quite an experience well, a buddy of mine i um uh, CBS late night would show movies back in the day. And on Saturday nights, uh, 
uh, Friday, Friday or Saturday nights, whichever it was, uh, um, Kenny and I would get together and uh, we would watch Phantasm anytime mm. they would play it. Mm. And I'm sure that Phantasm has not aged well, but at the time that was that movie was creepy enough to, to kind of get under my skin. Uh, see, it was slasher that- movies don't do a th- that my my Richter scale doesn't go off at all in a slasher movie. Just like okay, I, like you, Frank, it's boring to me. Phantasm was creepy guy with a stabby ball, right? Yeah. I thought that was the Mickey Mouse cartoon. Um, <laughs> no. Close. Um, okay. No, that, you're thinking of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Or yeah. Or I thought it was a one word title. The two for. Uh, no, Phantasm. Uh, was actually pretty interesting it was uh it was a uh, older brother younger brother and uh, i don't need a recap of the movie okay well they're let me give you one anyway um their parents had died in a car accident and so they're being taken care of by a friend of the family who was an older guy and um they end up they okay it's just it's creepy okay all right i'm done creepy now. guy with stabby ball um yeah and and uh one thing that i've never appreciated about horror movies is the endings to them mm-hmm. um as people know I've complained once or twice about the fact that uh, um, too often in media, uh, especially print media, comic books, um, you know, it has to be a soap opera. It has to be a soap opera there. You know, it, it bugs me when there can never be a, the end at the end of a story. Right. When it has I to be gonna set it up for yeah, a sequel. Absolutely. And, and I understand setting it up for a sequel uh, when it's well done, you can absolutely have a, the end to this chapter of the story. And then the setup is the beginning of the next chapter of the story. And I, I guess I'm splitting hairs. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, Friday the Thirteenth Part One or Part Two, setting up for Part Three or whatever. It's kind of the, it's a different flavor, the same, you know, same thing. But uh, no, I've just, I've never, I've never appreciated that. Um, um, I think that's that's one thing that I appreciated most about uh, the Cabin in the Woods is that, like I was telling you, Brad, after the movie, I don't think we have to worry about a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I'm not done, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um. After Scream, I started to get brave and test myself. Maybe I can go see this. Maybe I can see that. You know, it got to the point where I could actually watch slasher movies, but they never were my favorite. You know, yeah. I might go see it because of somebody that was in it or, or whatever. I for some reason I ended up really liking the Saw movies. There were better Saw movies than others. Okay, um, but I liked the layered storytelling, and I've mentioned that before. I've seen the first one and have flatly refused to see any of the sequels. Um, but. Then the trailer for this Cabin in the Woods came out, right? And, again, people, we're going to spoil this. Um, before you go into that, I saw a very early trailer for this movie. Yeah. Very early. And it got pulled, I think. Really? That gave away a lot of what was going on. Really? A lot. And it still left you going, what was that? Yeah, but and there was even a twisty cabin in it, like a Rubik's cube cabin. Well, on the on the crazy on the poster theater poster, it shows a cabin being twisted like a like a um, Rubik's cube. Uh, IMDb rating, I think it's basically rated by IMDb users. Mm -hmm. Uh, They gave this an eight point oh. Which is Rotten Tomatoes had given it ninety eight, I think. Well, right now it, I'm looking at it. It looks at ninety one, at ninety ninety one percent. So, it's obviously there's something different about this. And um, uh, well, the uh, the cabin in the wood. The I'm sorry, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes synopsis says 
Five friends go to a remote cabin in the woods. Bad things happen. If you think you know this story, story think again. Uh, from fan favorites Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard comes The Cabin in the Woods, a mind-blowing horror film that turns the genre inside out. And like Bill said, when we got done watching it, that was my second time to see it, by the way. Bill goes, I really don't think there ever needs to be another horror movie, <laughs> slasher horror movie ever made again. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I mean, it's... Well, that's but, good but, I did. Well, uh... Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, I don't know. Be, Have you seen the, the movie? Yeah. Okay. The The movie is... Let's let's get it. Your, yeah. I, want, I want your, your rating. Um, out of five reverse flashes. I would give it four. Okay. Bill? Sorely tempted to give it five out of... Um, you know what? I'm going to give it five out of five reverse flashes. I'm giving it four and three quarters. Yeah, I mean, I... My first thought was four and a half just to play safe. But, I mean, this walking out of the movie, um, even though it's not my genre, I, I'm sitting here thinking, this movie, there was not, you know, it felt like it felt like the Star Trek movie. It felt like uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. It felt like, you know, some of these movies that have come out uh, recently, which just feel just perfect from beginning to end. You know, there's, there's not one thing that I would change about the cabin in the woods movie. Um, I just, I, I wish I had some criticism for it. How about the actors not looking like they're 30? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it well, was they're not supposed to be 30. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but they're supposed to be teenagers. It was, and they look, and I mean, Thor looked like he was, it was tough to look at yeah. it. Yeah. It was tough to look at the, uh, the actors, the, the five <laughs> kids and, believe right on the surface that oh yeah they're all you know college sophomores or juniors or, or whatever yeah um okay i guess i guess i can give you that one because you know i you know when you see chris hemsworth you know my first thought is oh hey it's thor then my next thought is hey it's george kirk yeah <laughs> you know so hemsworth is, has not gotten to the point yet where you, know, you don't see him you know in his other roles first and then you kind of get in uh get back into well it. when he took this movie mm -hmm. apparently this movie was made by a studio that went bankrupt. So it was MGM. Yeah, they had and produced it, really? it back in '09, I think. It's been sitting on the back burner for a long time. You are joking me. He this, made this movie, movie was made years ago. He yeah. made this movie while he was making this movie. He got cast as Thor. Wow. So he made this movie before he made Thor. I mean, he did look a little bit younger, but I just chalked it up to wardrobe, makeup, hairdo, um, whatever. Um, MGM, they, they were just selling off assets because they declared bankruptcy. And this movie was one of those assets, among other things. Lionsgate Holy finally got a hold of it. Cow. And Lionsgate, you know, they wanted it. They wanted to release it. But yeah. they, you have to go through the bankruptcy process. And it's just not, you just don't buy it and do it. You got to liquidate and stuff. So How in the heck did MGM not? I mean, uh, were they so troubled by their economic woes that they couldn't release it? Or well, did I mean, they just think, meh, put it on the shelf and pretend it never happened? It is so no, many no, movies. no, 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 no. I mean, none of that, you know, they, if they could, you know, uh, the first thing with bankruptcy mm -hmm. is, is, you know, get rid, you know, um, liquidate those assets. They've done, you don't declare bankruptcy on a whim. Yes. You know, so they they were not doing that on a whim. So they just got to a point where they could not do anything. They had no money. They could not do anything. That was their option. Wow. So uh, I tried to tried to explain this movie to somebody, and it's hard without giving it away. Yeah, it's very hard without giving it, it away. It was yeah. hard to describe, even if I didn't have that 
little bug in my head saying don't give anything away. And the thing about this movie is the the twist is revealed it starts to be revealed within the first five minutes. I would argue it's revealed within the first thirty seconds. They never they never uh, well, hold back on the fact that I there's mean, a once you get that twist. title card which tells you Cabin in the Woods, you know something is up. God, wasn't that awesome? I just <laughs> I love I don't know why that is a clue. Well, you know it's not the same movie that you're expecting right. because well, because there's you know something is different. Yeah, but with you this don't movie. you don't have any idea what the deal is. The the thing I was referring to is when the kids are driving away in the van and the camera trucks up, mm-hmm. it lifts up and you see the guy yeah. on the roof going mm-hmm. yeah, with, with the, the IFB. With the IFB mm-hmm. going, you know, the the nest is empty, we're on schedule. Right. So at that point you're like, okay, there's something going on and then it obviously reveals itself throughout the movie and you try to reconcile these two things this typical slasher story that's happening and then this weird other labyrinth uh control room television media yeah. type thing going on and you're like what the is going on here? yeah they never make any bones that that what's going on here is that somebody is producing a television show a reality show starring these five unwitting kids and it's not going to end well for them almost certainly Let's not mislead the audience who who doesn't care. It, it yeah. wasn't an actual reality show or television show, but it might as well have been. It uh, everything had to be orchestrated just right for this for what the, uh, for in order to save the world. Right. And, well, the, and we weren't the only ones doing it. This is a worldwide. So uh, the the mystery is why are they doing this production? Why are these mysterious people in this control room video production environment? Why are they doing this? And I, one of the most interesting things I thought was that <clears throat> was that apparently um, Japan is doing one of these, and so is Bolivia and Brazil and Switzerland and Finland. And you know, they never said that you know every country on the planet was putting one of these on with their own kids. I don't know if they ever implied that, but certainly many countries were. There were several countries. As long as one of them completed the, the yeah. ritual yeah. properly, then the the Earth was good for another year, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, I mean, it's so, like, I, I know we're spoiling this movie, but, okay, so how do you talk about it without sounding like a complete idiot? I know? know I know how we can talk about it without sounding like a complete idiot. You want to play a game? Sure. Okay. Um, this is, uh, this is uh, a Mad Lib uh, version, and uh, I'm going to need the two of you to uh, fill in some things like okay. personal nouns and adjectives and okay. whatnot. So okay. I'll do one, um, and then you do one. Okay. Okay. Right. Or you guys can agree each other. Okay. Um, first, I need a personal noun. Okay. Personal noun? Mm-hmm. They. Uh, That's a pronoun. Yeah. Personal. What's a personal noun? Uh, well, the uh, I'll, okay. I'll give I'll give you this. Um, the uh, the sentence uh, starts. Uh, Five college students, um, uh, blah, 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 and Kristen Connolly, who incidentally looks like personal noun, road trip to a cabin in the backwoods. Okay, so instead so of a jock, maybe... Instantly the, looks like, um, uh, I don't know, frumpy or... That's, um, not a, that's an adjective. Flash or... Yeah. I don't know how well this is written, okay? Because I've looked at it, but I, I haven't gone through it with my... Uh, with my fine tooth. Um, okay, let's go uh, to the second comb. thing then. So we'll skip that one. Okay. What's the second? You part? fill in the first one. Yeah, you uh, fill in the first one. Because personal noun, I don't. Is that even a phrase? Personal well, is that a thing? A, a personal na- noun? Yeah, a noun is person, place, or thing. 
Okay, I'm gonna go with a turtle. Um, okay, right. so now I need an adjective. Okay. Uh, well, I like frumpy. Okay. Good. Now I need an adjective and a noun. Okay. Um, sleepy sandwich. Good, good. This is working well. Sandwich. I love sandwich. Okay, verb. Uh, vibrate. Good. You guys are doing well. Okay, another personal noun and a verb. Okay. Um, mad scientist. Good. Gassy. No, wait. Is that a verb? Yeah. Uh, no, verb. Ga- is that gassy? Is that a That's verb? That's an adjective. Yeah. Um, fart. Um, fart. That's good. a verb. No. I farted. Yes. Farted. Fart. Fart. That's a noun. Per- per- Please don't fart. Please don't right. fart. Okay. Uh, a fart is a thing, though. It's not an action. All right. I need another verb. To fart. To That's fart. A verb. That's an infinitive, but it is it is verby. Yes. Verb. Are we moving on? We, I need another verb, yes. Um, okay. Calculate. Cool. Oh, much better. Uh, now I need a verb and a noun. You, you do the verb. Uh, regurgitate. Ham hawk. Ham hawk. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, okay. Verb. Verb, sorry. Uh, Producing verb on the okay. air. No, I just wanted to make sure I didn't get out of place. Okay. Um, oh, personal noun and personal noun. I'm going to need a bunch of these, so. To You're gonna have to define personal noun because I'm not. We, we really could do that. Clear. We could do that. No, Let's don't see. look it up. Just tell me what a personal noun is. Well, I, I'd have to guess. I've already given you what what I think. Okay. Um, Polly Shore. Good. Um, yes. Chef. That. Chef Emeril. What's his name? Yeah, Chef Emeril. <laughs> <laughs> and Chef Emeril. Okay. Okay. Uh, adverb. Sticky. No, that's an adjective. Stick, stickling, stickily, stickily, stickish. Adverbs end in ly. Stickily, stickly. Uh, verb. Um, uh, um, rewind. Yeah. Fast forward. Okay. Another personal noun. Sorry, guys. Pepper the dog. Pepper, the dog. Um. Noun. Nuts. Verb. Crunchy. That's an adjective. Crunch. <laughs> I just want to say Funny. crunch. Crunch okay. would be. Crunch is good. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Noun. Uh, ankle. Profession. Holy water dis- distributor. Okay, <laughs> verb. Uh, astonish. Uh, profession. Grave digger. I thought that was a wrestler. Um, okay. Uh, verb. Um, stutter. <laughs> Excellent. Good pick up there. Noun. Um, Pope Mobile. 
And preposition. The. Of? <laughs> what? Of? of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, so this will explain uh, um, Cabin in the Woods. Okay, let's see. We have lost so many listeners. We, we've lost a few listeners. Well, okay, I don't, we don't have to go through the rest of it. I could just read you what's here just already. Re- yeah, yeah. Read All right, fine. Okay, well, so this is not going to be a spoiler thing because we're not going to get to the end of it. But, all right, so here goes. Five college students, played by Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, Fran Kranz, Jesse Williams, and Kristen Connolly, who incidentally looks like a turtle, road trip to a cabin in the backwoods to chillax at a cousin's cabin. The cabin seems a little frumpy, considering the out-of-place, sleepy sandwich. But our heroes ignore it. Instead, they vibrate. Mad scientist is farted into the cellar. The others calculate. Uh, that's very good. Okay. Um, unknowingly, uh, they regurgitate ham hock. Polly Shore and Chef Emeril are stickly rewind and pepper the dog uh, nuts crunch. Meanwhile, at a secret ankle, Holy Water Distributor, played by Amy Acker, Brad Whitford, and Richard Jenkins, astonish. <sighs> Gravedigger stutters while Pope Mobile is genuinely. Oh, I've missed one. While uh, profession is genuinely. Uh, bu- 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 nope. While. Damn. Uh, okay. Um, while it is genuinely verb about the noun, but is uh, Pope Mobile preposition <laughs> fart. Okay. So, so basically, it what took a while. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think the it would long take that and long. short of this is. The Sorry, Earth people. Poor answers. Ha- is not not by Frank and Brad. Is being controlled by the ancient ones. The ancients, which are evil gods that used to rule the Earth. Yeah, They're, I took it to be Titans. The Titans. Well, it could be. It could be. I mean, it could be love, anything. I guess it could but. be the Lovecraftian, Thulu, and you know all those guys too. Well, the director, crazy kids, mm-hmm. uh, wonderfully played by my girl Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Uh referred to them as evil gods that used to rule the planet. She called them ancient ones. So basically they've decided to let humans continue to live on the planet as long as they uh, get a, one ritual sacrifice every year. Yes. I did notice that uh, she was wearing gloves and Joss Wheaton for some reason has a thing with gloves. He, uh, If you remember in Firefly, the series, there were the guys with the blue gloves. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I seem to remember there were some glove things in um, in it was either Angel or Buffy. There was, there was some character that always wore gloves. He has a thing with gloves. That's one of those things. I, I've always uh, Buffy is one of those that I always wanted to watch and uh, just never did. If you enjoyed this movie, you will enjoy Buffy. I, I always kind of thought so. First season season is a little rough because it's low budget and stuff, but then bam, a lot of what happened in here. You can translate into yeah. the Buffy verse, and I think that's why that show. When was did so he stop popular. doing Buffy? He stopped doing. He basically kind of went from Buffy almost right into this. I guess if it was released in '09 or if it was made in '0809. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he did. He Buffy's did he been do off Firefly after Buffy. Yeah, he did Firefly, and then he Serenity. he did. Um, yeah, he's been a screenwriter, and I mean, mm-hmm. he's done a, he's done a lot of things. Uh, Sing along blog was something that kind of. Um, pushed him to the that forefront was during the, again. That was during the writer strike, right? 
Um, so the earth has to provide this sacrifice. I, th- I think she said once a year to the ancient ones who live below. Okay. And so these kids are unwittingly uh, influenced in their decisions and stuff uh, to get them all out to this cabin, which apparently this same ritual happens at this cab- same cabin every year. Okay, see, I never picked up on that. Yeah, because um, that it was it was Bradley Whitford, who's but it makes sense. Awesome, by the way, I love Bradley Whitford. He is uh, one of the two main guys in the control room. He was on the Good Guys with uh, Colin Hanks. Anyway, Bradley Whitford said um, that. Oh, and every year they do this, that they bet on which horror yeah will be released. To to kill these kids, there is a um, there is a basement that they all must go to. Now, yeah. now the 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 See, structure the structure of how the how the um, sacrifice takes place is in the guise of a horror movie that we all know the uh, the story is right. that you know all these kids come to a cabin they get killed off one by one by something evil and there's the stereotypical kids you've got the whore you've got the jock you've got the egghead or scholar you've got the fool and you've got the virgin yeah it's two girls and five guys uh three guys three and so three so uh dang it that would have been perfect. <laughs> so the sacrifice has to be done a certain way in that the is it always the whore, the always whore dies has to first. die first. I, yes. Yeah, I tried to figure out why it had to be in that order, but it was the whore, the jock, the stoner, the scholar, and then uh, the virgin. The virgin's and death the virgin, is optional. Yeah, the virgin didn't have to die as long as she did, in fact, suffer. But she had to suffer. Yeah. I, so, you know, I, I don't know. Is there some kind of... Um, you know, I, after the movie, one of the things I really want to do was I, I want to read up on this. You know, I, want to, I want to read more about the process. And, and like I was telling you in the parking lot... I don't know if I'll ever need to see this movie again necessarily. And I, I, the further I get out from it, I would like to see it at least one more time in my life. But There were lots of things I caught in the second viewing yeah, but that I missed in the first What I was viewing. telling you, though, was that the one thing I desperately want to see is I want to see any and all behind-the-scenes yeah. making-of type stuff they have about this. Well, there, there is a book coming out, or it already is out, called Cabin in Woods Compendium. And it, okay. it works. It even shows all the stuff that's in the basement. You know, all those wow, things wow. that everyone was, was, you know, the backstory behind the spear, the backstory behind the locket, the backstory behind the, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's the, out the right now, I think. Rubik's Cube. The, yeah. the, uh, the ritual can be molded and influenced and shaped and pushed, but the thing is that the kids have to die in a certain order, and the kids have to choose... Uh, they're uh, the way they're going to be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't be chosen for them, and so every year this corporation that runs this ritual that makes sure it happens, they all different company, different organ uh, departments in the organization, they bet <laughs> on which horror will be awakened to eliminate the kids this year. Yes, whether it's the uh, the merman or the, uh, the the and there was a I mean there was there was werewolves, there was pinheads, Any you know there were zombies, there possible. Were, creature you've ever seen in a movie or that you could even think of is all down there in the bowels of this huge structure waiting to be picked and what i thought was interesting is is when um they uh 
they they picked their they picked their poison by reading the Latin verses in the diary the that diary. they found, and then all of a sudden, um, uh, it turns out that it's uh, was it um, redneck redneck zombie redneck loving zombie oh, now, something now, what was, was the term? It wasn't because they read that book. It's because that was the first thing that was opened and and used. If they had gone with the ball, it would have been the uh, pinhead guy. Right, they if were. They had gone. Well, to but the no, music no. Box. Chris Hemsworth, he was messing with. He was right. messing with the Rubik's cube. But she was the first one to read the book out right. loud, she, and that's what the side. Right, it, it said, yeah. It, I mean, if Chris Hemsworth, he almost blew on the conch shell, mm-hmm. but he put it. He put it up to his lips, but then he put it down, and then he was messing. Or was it Chris Hemsworth who was, was messing with the, with the the Rubik's cube? Rubik's cube. Okay. The jock was looking at the ballerina box, right, and actually got it to do its little ding ding ding. Right. It's like why and they that were all being mesmerized. Off. Each of them was being mesmerized by their own thing. Yeah. The the fool. Stoner was looking at the the film strip, mm-hmm. right? And they were all being mesmerized. They had these really cool close ups, and then she goes, "Hey guys, listen to this!" And they yeah. all kind of well, wake up out of their stupor and put their things down and go listen to and the the, uh, the, the diary. The, the stoner, uh, this Franz Kranz guy, who I, I've never seen before, as far as I know, he, he was, was in the Dollhouse. He was the okay. Uh, he was really good. He was interesting. His character was interesting, and I, his voice was a little bit gravelly and kind of stereotypical. I thought, but. Um, it was again. It was kind of a, a nod back to that uh, the the Jamie Kennedy role in um, Scream, yeah. where he immediately recognizes. Don't he? He tells her, "Don't you dare read that." The one was he says, "The one thing we're not going to do is read that yeah. passage." Goes, right? I'm, I'm drawing a line in the sand yeah. right now. Do not read that Latin because he. So you know he, he was. <laughs> he's aware enough to know. We come to find out that all these kids are being influenced by other things like the the. Whore was a brunette, but she dyed her hair blonde right. before this trip to the cabin. Mm-hmm. And in the hair dye, there were some chemicals that influenced her mm-hmm. um, libido. Her libido, and then you know the other kids all had um, some things that were influencing them. And the fool's marijuana stash was laced with some chemical actually, or whatever. Actually, it was, but it was because of the pot. That the chemicals that they were using to influence him did not work. Okay, so he did not act the way he was supposed. I to. thought yeah, I he heard... was the well. He was the one. They said at the end of the movie, he was the one that was some. They realized that he was immune to the effects of what they were affecting them with right. because of his usage. Okay, then I thought I I misunderstood. I thought I heard the the lab coat lady saying, you know, we laced. You know, I think stuff they, would, I want to say they did say that, but it was just so powerful that it didn't work or something. Yeah. So um, regardless, so maybe that's one nitpick for the movie because I I do seem to remember that they did say both things. Um, they said this is we've laced it. This is you know, and then they said this is keeping him you know making him immune to it. So regardless, right. he figured out what was going on. He knew there was a yeah. something that was up. And I mean, I don't think that. You know, he didn't know that we're going to unleash, you know, hell upon ourselves and this is going to turn into a horror movie. But, you know, he was maybe he was and he acts serious. He doesn't he's not acting like this is a tongue in cheek thing. He's doing. He really doesn't want her to read that passage, but it's probably just a let's just be on the safe side and just not because this is the way horror movies start. Right. Exactly. You know, but you can't imagine that he really knew or thought that it really was going to turn into a horror movie because after all, these things don't exist. In in a, an analysis I read about this movie, you know, there's there's layers okay. to this movie. This movie isn't just strictly a it's like an onion. Yeah, this movie isn't strictly you know 
disregarding mm-hmm. horror movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you know, the, ogres have layers. The yeah, they're like onions, <laughs> right? The um, you know, the, this group of kids. First of all, they're forced to act a certain way, right? We've already discussed that. Uh, my you know, guess they're, is they're that they're influenced just, by pheromones. I mean, yeah. we have the jock. They're just accentuating smart, what they are. Well, no, the jock is actually a smart guy. Remember, he t- he tells the the right. virgin that you know, oh, read this book. You know, but he's and, still a he's still a charged up teenage jock though, uh, and, and he may be an atypical one. He is atypical, but he is but he is still a jock. He, he is atypical, and the girl who plays the whore, she is not that forthgoing until they use the pheromones to kind of make her do these things, and they have to dye her hair to make her act a certain way, and they're being forced. Well, even to yeah. be to be even to the, be what the producers, the guys right. in, in the uh, in the halls, mm-hmm. want in the. And uh, the guy's controlling everything. At the end, when the director was explaining this ritual mm-hmm. to the two remaining kids, she said, you know, the virgin always has to be last. Mm-hmm. And she's like, virgin? I'm not I'm not a virgin. And, and, and the director was like, well, we work with what we can get. Right. So they have to manipulate it a little bit. Yeah. Well, and the, it, it well, seemed like... Well, let me finish this. The... Um, you have the producers who who are producing this show. You had referred to it as a reality show earlier. And in a sense, the story that they're telling is something that we've seen before. We we know this story. And the producers are forcing this to happen and they force it every year. And the the producers are essentially Hollywood the Hollywood executives. Okay? Right. That's who those guys are who are in that in that bunker area yeah. they are influencing the script writers and stuff to create these characters that we all know and are familiar mm-hmm. with well one thing i appreciated was that there were no obvious you know oh we're making an allegory about society as we know it or oh we're making an allegory about the television business or yeah well, they... I, I i think there is but you have to look for it if you that's want what I'm to, saying. if you I, want to see it i, I appreciate the fact that it that it wasn't obvious that yeah. you know we're clearly trying to you know riff on some segment of our society that we think is shallow or whatever it's like it was the the telling of the story was just a really cool offbeat different horror movie well there there's a reaction shot at the very end and if you remember what that when that titan's hand comes out mm-hmm. and smashes it yeah. down uh, the the description Way to i read the end of the film dude uh, um the, the the description of that shot which i thought was so brilliant is that that hand that one hand that one shot represents the fanboys who get mad okay. when they don't get what they want which is all those horror movies that we've seen in the past those yeah. movies that get churned out because remember that hand smashes the cabin that yeah. hand smashes the center of what that movie is about that takes place in there. Wow. And that hand is, you know, is it's, you know, it's, we have been force fed to like that type of formula that we have. If we don't get it, we get upset. Yeah, I'm it, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call you on this. I I, I get what you're saying. Th- th- um, this was one person's analysis, which yeah. I thought was really good because I think it's out. That's cool. I would love. That's exactly what I've been searching for mm-hmm. is some some true, well thought out critical analysis mm-hmm. of this movie because I don't. I don't think I got enough. The more I think about it, mm-hmm. um, but I just what I appreciate about the movie and and I just read a, another review um, that basically said that they thought the only part of the movie that was a cop out was the end, but they said it was unavoidable. And I think 
I have to disagree with that. I think the movie uh, would have been the cop out um, if it had gone the other direction. I mean, it's the uh, it, it turns out that um, that the stoner, which you think has is uh, he's gotten a, a knife put in his back and he's gotten dragged off into the woods right. in, in the proper order. And then he shows up kind of uh, do sex machina style um, towards the end. And it is kind of out of left field. You don't. You, there's there's never a clue that that's that was going a great to happen. Scene though with that oh, red yes. telephone ringing oh, when yes. the party was going yes, on. It was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, Mr. President. Um, but uh, uh, because by all the, accounts, it should be it should be the geek or the jock that comes to the rescue. Yeah. Right. It should be one or one of those, and not. Well, I mean, whole. if if someone's if someone's going to survive it, you know, usually, you know, it it's it wouldn't be unheard of for it to be the um, uh, the one who's the most innocent, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. which would be the fool. Um, you know, it makes sense that it, that of the three guys, it would have been him that survived. You know, this is according to horror movie convention. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the most aware. He was also the most innocent. I, I don't know. I guess the uh, the scholar, uh, the scholar, um, the because, scholar didn't have a whole lot of uh, dog in the in the hunt. Um, right. Well, he was kind of an unwilling participant. You know, I mean, just he he. And he respected he was, the virtue of the virgin. If you remember the whole oh, mirror yeah. picture, yeah, when he, uh, he put the uh, the the yeah. awful picture back, or he knocked on the window and said, "Hey, you might mm-hmm. want to stop that." Yeah, but um, as they're sitting there at the end of the movie, and they have the choice that the director has given them, um, you know, this is the way it is. Uh, the ancient ones are going to basically uh, re reconquer the earth, and humanity, you know, life as we know it is over. You know, it's gonna. This entire planet's gonna turn back into a hellhole ruled by giant titanic monsters for the rest of eternity, unless you sacrifice him. And you she, had the scene where she holds the gun up. I like what the director says to mm-hmm. the fool. She says, "You're gonna die, right? Either way, right? You can die with everybody, yeah, or you can die for everybody, yeah." She says, "It sucks, but this is the way it is." Yeah, and, and I thought that was powerful. I mean, yeah. at that point. At that point, you know, if you put yourself in this position, you know, you almost say, you know, go ahead. I mean, people have sacrificed themselves on this world in reality for far less than that. You know, obviously, Um, you know, it happens all the time in comic books. You know, it happens all the time in movies and TV shows where, you know, you sacrifice yourself to make to meet an an objective. You know, not even, you know, I mean, this is this is one person sacrificing themselves. You have to take care of the entire end game of saving the human race. You know, but, this, but in, in reality, I can see his skepticism. Like, why should I believe you? You yeah. know, and I think that's more human nature. I think that's more natural. It goes, he goes, you know what? I'll take my chances. You yeah. know, I'm no, well, I, I don't, am I gonna, I don't blame him for saying, you know, frankly, I don't really want to die. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with living and, and we'll see what else happens. But um, the, the virgin at one point, she has a gun that, that he gave her. Um, as they right. were, and, uh, um, she holds the gun up and tears start rolling down her face and then she ends up not doing it and they sit down. He pulls out his last, uh, his last lefty and he well, that's passes big. the duchy to the left hand side and they uh, decide to, uh, sit down the steps and, um, just enjoy their, she uh, their ends final up not moments. doing it because the director gets killed. Yeah. By the, was it a werewolf that came out of nowhere? No, I think, to, uh, no, it was the, uh, it was the zombie girl with no arm yeah but oh, okay she ended up well at the very end uh the director ends up rushing the two of them to push them both into the pit right um and they basically kind of duck out of the way and she tumbles over the edge because because much like in the movie star wars there's no freaking railings <laughs> unbelievable 
really you're not going to build a railing because it's just uh, an infinite you know a near infinite drop down to uh, you know ancient angry gods well, you're that's not all. supposed to be in yeah, that no one's supposed right. to be in that room right. so. that room anyway um to backtrack a little bit so um so we we start with this this reveal uh we we know the entire way that there are two distinct plots working that there's the poor kids going through their friday the 13th uh plot and then there's these TV people, for lack of a better word, doing whatever the heck it is they're doing. And they're doing this in concert or in conjunction with other crews working all around the world. And we don't really know what's going on. Um, it is revealed to us. Uh, they, they show us the results of some of the other countries' attempts. And that's really interesting. Um, but I think the the big reveal of the movie is uh, um, when they finally realize uh, the, as the 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 uh, the fool and the virgin are still running around the cabin in the woods trying to save themselves from the evil pain inflicting uh redneck zombies uh they find a hatch that leads um i mean they they find a hatch in the basement that leads to well look there's a room down there below the cabin in the woods that is very sterile and it's metal and it's uh stonework and it's tile and it's lit and it's clearly you know there's there's something down there that has nothing to do with the cabin in the woods obviously they drop down to it they find an elevator and it turns out at that point you get the reveal that what's been going on here is these this television production crew stores all of these monsters basically every monster you can think of and a number that you can't um they store them all downstairs and they end up doing the the james bond the the kids end up pulling the James Bond method of cause chaos, blow things up, send everything into chaos, and then escape during the confusion. That scene when the security team is down there in that one room and all those elevators open up at the oh, same time man. and all those entities come out and <sighs> just just blew just totally blew me away. Well and, and it keeps there, there's waves after waves right. of them too. I mean it's not just it's you not just hey here's eight go, creatures. Ding. Yeah, ding. <laughs> It was just, I I was just thrilled to death with this movie. That's why I did not have a problem paying full price to see it again. Um, when we were done, Bill was like, "Whoa, yeah!" <laughs> and he just sat there like, "Oh man!" Yeah, I, I would have sat there through the credits, just oh. just dumbstruck very easily. But Brad said, "There's there's no uh, yeah, there wasn't scene at anything the end. at the so end." We got up and started ambling out. Um, I'm trying to think if somebody that hasn't seen this movie listened to this episode and can they figure out mm-hmm. I still think they'll they'll have they'll not know what to expect when they if they go see this movie. Well it's just the the way it's done, it is so well if you, done. If you edited out the B plot yeah. from the movie, the and just left the kids and the woods and yeah. the it would up at least up until the two of them find the elevator. Right. It would be like any other slasher movie yeah. house on the in the hill and cabin in the woods yes. you know Friday the 13th it would be there's nothing in that to make you think there's something weird going on here well the, the, at every turn i was satisfied i mean i just thought this is a cool plot development i never once thought give me a break never once the um the story which was co-written by the director and Josh Wheaton it's it's um I guess I'm more familiar with a lot of Josh's stuff than than uh, um, Drew Goddard. Yeah, but he's uh, this is total Josh. 
you know, this is just the way the people spoke, the way the people acted, uh, the funny one-liners, the little, um, the, the, the cadence that characters had, mm-hmm. how they responded to things. And that was really nice. You know, if, if you don't know much about, about Josh, Josh Wheaton and, you know, what he's done and stuff like that, you, you know, I, I think after seeing this, maybe you can understand why there's such a, a ravenous fan group around him because he, he has a way of telling a story that is, that is familiar but very different. This yeah. this bodes well for the Avengers because he wrote yeah. the screenplay. Not only did he direct it, but he wrote the screenplay for the Avengers. So you, you know, I, there's going to be lots of pizzazz um, in their language. If if you guys are are uh, familiar with the, the the old old sitcom trick of when ratings start to go down on the show, they bring in a little kid, a yeah. cute little kid. Yeah, they bring in the Oliver. Um, Josh Wheaton did that same thing to Buffy when it moved to the CW. Okay. But did it in such a way that is, it, again, it was a response to all those tools you've seen used in storytelling before, mm-hmm. bringing in the cute kid. They bring in a kid, but they do it in a way that's just like, what? <laughs> and the payoff at the end is... You need to pull that drop, I mean, Brad. <laughs> you, have to, you have to wait all season to figure out what they were doing and okay. why that makes why that makes sense at that moment. Don't spoil it because if it ever comes to Netflix, I may oh see gosh. it someday. I would, I you know, once I started that first mm-hmm. season of Buffy's Hard, but then after that, boom, 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 boom. Let's do it. Do you have the DVDs to get from um, the library? Uh, Little Nancy Kent. Has, oh, okay. She is such a huge fan of that show. She has the yeah. complete box. Yeah, set I think I saw her at uh, Splash a couple days ago. Oh, I, I, do, I didn't say hi. There. Okay. Um, uh, one thing I thought worked really well with this cabin in the woods flick that we saw was that the slasher film, which was done very well in a very conventional way, just very, very competently done, good dialogue, et cetera, et cetera, was that the slasher film was a little less than half the movie. So you didn't have to sit through 90 minutes of inevitability. Um, you sat through 35 or 40 minutes of inevitability uh, the entire time uh, you had uh, this this bizarre, crazy thing going on uh, behind you um, that you were trying to piece together. And it just the way the story built um, was just fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, five out of five. I so, keep talking about this for a while. So unfortunately, it's an early movie, but I could maybe see some script writing props during the Academy Awards for this. Yeah, I mean, I have a very hard time believing that this movie would win any awards just because of, you know... I think you know, it's for not, original screenplay, I can totally see it's it. It's not foreign. It's not, you know... It, there's, you know, nobody plays a, a mentally handicapped person in it. Uh, well, I'm not know. talking best movie. Yeah, the, That's always best movie. I'm talking best queen. screenplay. Best screen, okay. uh, best original screenplay. I right. think this one has it. Yeah. Because... Uh, Our dogs are going insane right yeah. now. What's well, up? I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So, so go see it, definitely. Um, yeah, if uh, we haven't spoiled every second of the movie by now, and you still and there's think a you lot might be we inclined to see it, then yeah, there's a lot we didn't touch on. I mean, there's lots of little things. And this will this will definitely priceless. be a DVD that I get because I'm I'm pretty conservative about the DVDs I buy because I don't like to have a lot of stuff. But this is the movie that I definitely would want to rewatch want to hear how they made it just yeah. like you bill yeah want to hear that commentary well like i was telling brad it's like i 
this is one of those that I don't know if I would purchase it just because when the heck would I have a chance to see it with a 10, a five-year-old rolling around the house? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would never watch it with them anywhere near this because even though it's, you know, the horror movie, the horror movie aspect of it is, is well done. And yeah, it's, it's, it can be scary at times. Uh, the visuals are pretty disturbing. Um, the, the second half of the movie, as you get down into the television production facility, um, it becomes more tongue in cheek. It's not as as horror movie scary, but there's so much blood. Yeah. <laughs> there's so yeah. many people killed, and there's so I mean, just I mean it. There's 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 so much blood. It, you, if there was any more, it would start to either desensitize you or you'd start to laugh at it. Right. I mean, he he pulls such a good. It's one of the things we haven't touched on yet. And I know we need to wrap up and get out of here, but. Joss did such a great balancing act. Yeah, he did. Between tongue-in-cheek versus horror versus mystery versus reveal versus, oh, here's a twist you weren't expecting. I mean, just I just everything felt like it was in balance. It blows me away that this movie sat on a shelf for a few years before it got released. And I guess the bankruptcy stuff explains it. I would like to think that MGM uh, would have known what they had in their hands. I, I mean, but I, think, I don't know. I think they did. If they clearly, if it I don't got, know. If it got made and it was on the process of being released, you yeah. know, it just, it just, they just couldn't. Well, and, and you know, I, clearly, I didn't know anything about this until we started this podcast, mm-hmm. so I haven't had time to to check into it if there's even that information out there. Yeah, I was looking but up. It's not you, unusual for for a movie to not be believed in by the studio that made it and they will put it on a shelf. And I wish I could, there are numerous examples out there, movies that didn't get released for two, three, four years after they were made. I wish I could think of one off the top of my head. I think Eddie Murphy did Dave. I think that was one that got sat on for, <laughs> well, for a while. I think there's a, a reason, reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, and, 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 and let's be honest, a lot of times those movies are sat on because they're just, they're not good. Yeah, and that's true. And that's, that's kind of where my... That's that's where my uh, um, my sense of wonderment. I'm trying to come mm-hmm. up with a better adjective right now, um, but that that's where my incredulity is coming from. Is that yes, generally when those movies are shelved for years, it's because the studio thinks that this movie is going to be composed of pure dreck and mm-hmm. will not be watchable. And at some point, I I guess what they're doing is they're hoping that one of these uh, unknown kids strikes it big and then they can make a couple bucks off their name. Honestly, I mean, that's that's a lot of times it's the way they do it. They'll sit in this movie, realizing that this actor has got other roles. And if this actor, you know, becomes a big draw, well, at that point, people are going to see the actor, not the movie. Mm -hmm. So at that point, they can release the movie because you're coming here to see this guy. So anyway, good times. That's uh what happened with uh, Teen Wolf and Back to the Future? Made Teen Wolf first. Oh, really? They released Back to the Future first. Okay. Because it was a better movie. <laughs> and then, of course, the people went to see Teen Wolf because... Michael J. Fox. Yeah. He, was, he, was, uh, he, he was, was a name at that point. Very good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Be sure to check us out at com. Check out all the great shows we have. Uh, send us a voicemail at... What's our number, Brad? 972-798-3830. Or drop us an email at halfhourwasted at gmail.com or drop any of us a line, Bill, yeah. Frank, or Brad at halfhourwasted.com and follow us at Twitter at halfhourwasted. Till next week, I'm Frank. I'm Bill. I'm Brad. And well, next time on Half Hour Wasted.